Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, it's number two of 2021 and it's another French person. Uh, Benjamin doesn't actually know that this is the second of 2021, so I've just dropped that on him. He also doesn't know that he's the second French person I'm speaking to in 2021. And once again, je ne vais pas parler en français, mais je vais parler en anglais avec lui parce que, well, because then most people can understand me because most people who know me and will listen to this are going to speak in English. So I'm going to speak in English, not in French. <laughs> not that I could actually do this in French, but uh, I also um, spoke to Carmina in the last episode in English as well. So Benjamin uh, is currently in Switzerland uh, and he is an awesome guy who you're going to get to know, but I'm going to let him introduce himself first. So Benjamin, where are you at? What, what are you doing in the world at the moment? And uh, tell us a bit about yourself. Sure. First of all, Nick, uh, I am uh, normally I, I would start saying I'm very happy to be on this podcast, but I, now I learned that I am the second person and then I'm the second French and you won't even speak French to me. You've just ruined it for me. So. <laughs> Well, we could speak French, but I don't <laughs> no, know. It's, it's a bit left field for, for where I'm heading with the podcast. For your audience, it's okay. Uh, plus, you know, in French, I am quite demotivational. So um, <laughs> so there's no problem. We'll do it in English. Uh, no, actually, I'm joking. Of course, I'm very happy to be on your podcast, Nick, and very flattered. Also, a little bit, um, uh, you know, um, nervous. Um, you've had quite a lot of winners on this podcast and uh, I have a massive imposter syndrome. So uh, I'm wondering why am I doing on this podcast? But we'll, we'll discuss that, I guess. Uh, so I'm based in Zurich. I am originally from France. And uh, at the moment, I do different things. So I do comedy. Uh, there's not a lot of comedy going on in 2021. We've just went into another lockdown in Switzerland. Uh, so now there's, uh, there's no live shows until the end of uh, February at least, uh, but I do virtual shows uh, for um, companies and also there's like virtual shows all around the world, uh, you know, for the general public. But at the moment, it's, it's, uh, we do qu uh, quite a f uh, few corporate work uh, and I'm also a speaker. <laughs> so on the speaker and trainer and moderator. So based in switzerland now the beauty of this whole lockdown is that we can do it everywhere <laughs> so <there's> no, <laughs> the, the geography is no longer the limit um yeah so that's geography is no longer the limit but it's not i think that's one of the things i want to talk to you about actually it's not quite the same doing it online and that's a that's a that's a pretty steep learning curve especially comedy i i actually follow yes. a, a few comedians uh, one which is very famous joe rogan i i've listened to his podcast a lot and he's a comedian yeah and uh, that listening to him and his friends who are comedians talk about doing online shows it's a it's a huge challenge and that's something you've taken on actually right so yeah well, why don't we start with that why don't we sure talk, let's do that, that yeah. experience oh that's yours. a good win that's a good win we can talk about <laughs> yeah, go for it. there you go you're gonna cure me for my imposter syndrome nick I so. <laughs> <laughs> so when 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 the lockdown was announced in last march uh 2020 in switzerland uh i didn't want to give up on on doing comedy and uh i also don't know so nick we are former colleagues <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, and uh, it's fair to say that uh, the company we used to work for went into. Uh, can we swear in this podcast? Of course, you can swear. Okay, yeah, no, went into no, a I'm shit sorry show. For anyone who gets offended by the swearing, let's put it that way. <laughs> so, so <laughs> it was a real shit show, 
and um and one of my tasks at work was actually to move all the you know all the learning and all the the studies of our students online and this is something that we did pretty quick within you know 48 hours or you know whenever it was needed we could ensure continuity of service without like people lost maximum 24 hours of classes and then i thought okay if i can do this uh if i can if i can put 40 schools online uh when i say i sorry it's we because <laughs> definitely didn't do it on my own uh but if we can put 40 schools online uh then i can put a comedy show online and you know comedy was something that i was doing at the side of my work uh that i had been doing for four years at this point and started to do it a bit more professionally started to get uh, actual bookings and live corporate shows and things like that and i thought okay let's do it let's put, let's do a comedy show online and i so i got in touch with uh, my friend here chris uh, chris darwa and uh, kind of sold him on the on the concept and in the beginning, you know, I kind of, I didn't want to complicate it too much because uh, there was so such intensity going on at work. I was like, I, I don't have time to spend, you know, such a, such a, a huge amount of time working on this. So let's just do a Zoom call <laughs> and like invite comedians from, you know, from, from all over the world, from Zurich, but people that we know in the US and the UK. Um, and then thank God that they were, Chris and then this other guy called Harry who kind of had a, a bit of a a vision that no we have to do a bit more than a zoom call but if anything actually in the beginning I kind of slowed things down a bit you know so I was like yeah well uh, of course it's going to not be good because we're not good performers for the camera you know we're used to uh, speak to to an audience on stage and and we don't know but we're gonna learn um but so I didn't really want to go, <laughs> you know, beyond. And um, but thank God, you know, so through Harry, we had like kind of like a show identity. He found out uh, the streaming service OBS and he set it up so that it kind of looked like a, you know, semi-professional, uh, at least the transitions between the comics and the credits and stuff. And the first show was was you know got kind of a buzz because we got into um, like a famous uh, Zurich newsletter which which is called Ron Orp. I don't know if you were following that in in Lucerne when you lived there, uh, but it's it's like a newsletter of things that are happening in Zurich, and um, and they mentioned us. You know, uh, they said, uh, "All right, well, these guys are gonna try to do a comedy show online." You know, by their own admittance, they don't know what it's going to be like. <laughs> so so we had a bit of a buzz. And then on Facebook, you know, like especially Switzerland-based were the first one. Um, and so we had 400 live viewers on the first stream. Whoa. And it felt amazing. And and but man, that was that was a bad show. I can tell you, <laughs> the show was two hours long. Like nobody knew what they were doing. Um and you know kind of like technical problems orama like so some people enjoy that but you know most people don't have the patience to look at people trying things out right so already second show we had 200 and then the show after 50 and then <laughs> so it it just it just went on it just dwindled um 
And so, you know, so, so then we kind of had a meeting and asked ourselves like, okay, like, so what, you know, what's going to be, what concept of a show should we offer? And, and, you know, so we, we kind of discussed and we had different ideas and then somebody said, okay, well, let's, let's try, you know, if we have, there were four people at this meeting and kind of like four different ideas of what it could be. And then it was like, okay, well, let's do four uh four concepts of the show and we'll do we'll try them one by one and see what works best and so we experimented with um you know uh one was just a sketch show a bit like saturday night live so there were some recorded sketches and some live sketches uh i wanted to have like a panel show where we have like um you know we were discussing with other comedians on on stuff that was happening and uh um and yeah you know panel show <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically um we did a talk show and we did an award show and then in the end the uh the final product was kind of like a mix of everything so it was a talk show but with some recorded sketches and some discussion you know so we had like a we had like a a mix so and actually in the end we ha we had a good product and um and people that so there were 15 people left at that point <laughs> but there were there were hardcore fans man it was always the same people and they were just they were just loving what we were doing and and um I would say like I I did I didn't know all of them so they were not all of our friends you know like there were actually some fans who were like yeah like let's uh let's see what they do and I like I'm forever grateful for those 15 people who kept showing up um and jokingly I call them they're the true heroes of the pandemic <laughs> cuz they sat through through 12 episodes 12 oh wow yeah <laughs> yeah it was weekly you know it was 3 months That's and then awesome. and then after that the lockdown stopped and we we resumed uh, live shows uh did they I mean, come didn't... to the live show yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I 15. met, you know. I hope you called them out in the live show. <laughs> well, no, I, I realized after, you know, they were like, yeah, you're, because I was also during the whole pandemic, I was doing the a character called Antoine Robin. He's the French Tony Robbins. Okay. And and he's a demotivational speaker. And uh, <laughs> and like, and there's a, so this uh, this girl, she, she calls me only Antoine. Like she, <laughs> she doesn't know me as anything else. I'm just Antoine. Um, but yeah, and so it was, it was kind of, and it, you know, and, and honestly, after the live show started and then it was kind of hard to get people motivated to, because it is quite a big production, you know, like it, it requires a lot of work, uh, every week and we all had jobs on the, you know, doing that. And then, um, it was like, ah, you know, like it, it, it's so much more immediate with live shows. You know, you you write something, you don't need to have any tech. You just show up, you do your five minutes, one minute works, two minute works, whatever. You keep that, you know, like it's just so much easier. Uh, and there's no, okay, if it didn't work, you know, screw it. But when it's recorded, like, um, or it's not even recorded, when it's streaming, it's like live TV, you know? You don't really have like a... Uh, you you have to go straight away with with your best, uh, like with a script that you feel super confident with. Uh, you you've had no really, uh, 
audience feedback so then we had a process between us to try you know we were working with our feedback and whatever we liked um and then you have to when you perform it live you have to own it you know yes. <laughs> like because you know i i was kind of used to half own it uh, to to just see like oh okay and then and then if the audience would would respond i would like really own it but if if they wouldn't i would be like eh, you're right this is shit which I shouldn't do, you know, like yeah, this, yeah. this is still a sign that, you know, with only four years in comedy, you're still, you're still working on your skills. Yeah. Uh, but definitely like that taught me to, to, to own my stuff a bit more. Um, and then, um, but I kind of thought, okay, like, was this wasted effort? Like, okay, we, we learned a bit to do, uh, streaming and we learn, you know, online presence and, you know, I kind of learned through that that it's it's kind of you cannot have a stand-up comedy show and just you know stream it and do it on Zoom or whatever because this the the, the guy talking with a microphone uh, to a camera uh, in the end um, you know without any edits and stuff like people zone out and and the guy Harry that I was mentioning he was saying that from the beginning. And I should have listened to him. <laughs> I didn't. Well, uh, if you're listening, amazing, if you're listening, right? uh, you you're right in the end, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so we kind of, so we kind of learned that you know, okay, you need to change every every three to five minutes maximum. You need to change what you're doing. You know, it needs to be a skit, a discussion, a. Uh, even you can do a standard performance, but then no more than three minutes, mm -hmm. you know, so that monologue, that kind of stuff, like just, uh, you know, very dynamic. And then, but even within those, we still have like lots to learn to, to, you know, for, uh, to, to make it more visually appealing for just even those three, four minutes. But anyway, we got to like a point that was, that was, uh, we were happy with and like, we're like, okay, so now, uh, we figured like a way to entertain an audience for half an hour on the street and uh, yeah and then something crazy happened um, somebody who was watching the the online shows like he didn't watch all the episodes uh, but he was also watching me live so he knew my comedy um, and he knew that his former company was looking for somebody to to do like a, a virtual Christmas show. And and he recommended me to the person, like he was not even working there anymore, but he recommended me. He said, you know, this guy, he's been doing, you know, streaming during the whole pandemic. Um, I know his humor. Uh, he's worked in, in, in the corporate world for, for 12 years. He understands it. Like he knows where the line is and, you know, like... <laughs> how to flirt with the line and uh yeah and in the end was uh, uh in the end so we, we we got our first client doing doing uh, do, doing a christmas show for them then second client came in out of nowhere <laughs> so, so the week after we did we did another so we did two christmas parties in december and now we've just uh, we we we've just uh, actually today we just agreed on a deal with another uh, company, oh, no. famous IT firm in Zurich. <laughs> I don't know if I can name it. <laughs> it's a firm that controls the world. Okay, and uh, and and so 
like so not for the whole firm right for like a team within that firm but they are they just finished with a project and they're looking for like a nice way to put a end of project celebration and again like so somebody in that team recommended me because she's been coming to to my shows so like and i know her and uh, you know but she was watching my streams and then she had told some people and then her boss had watched the streams and it was like, oh, it's the guy, it's it's Ben from the, the streams. And like, and then, you know, and then the deal was accepted. And we were in competition with like established comedy companies in, in Zurich. And uh, I mean, That's so awesome. it's crazy. Like, yeah. you never know, you never know who's paying attention to what you're doing, uh, even when you're screwing it up, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I mean, what I, I want to sort of uh, give you some credit here, because I think being... Well, I love comedy, and I, 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 we both know a guy called David Nihil, who will be the hundredth yes. episode guest. He's promised me. Well, he didn't actually uh, okay. promise, but now I've <laughs> made it a thing. That he's now promised me, but basically, he'll he'll come on here at some point. But he's he's written a book on on comedy. Uh, Do you talk funny? Yeah, and he talked about going and doing stand up comedy and open mics for like a year, so that he would get comfortable doing public speaking and he used it to access that and his books all about that great yeah. guy and and it, it inspired me to do it as well because i was like well i love public speaking i love standing up in front of crowds i love the adrenaline buzz is actually where i where i get the kick i think and i'm not shy so i enjoy that uh and i thought well this is a good challenge you know and i did it but i'm nowhere near you know i'm a baby by comparison but i've done it a, a few times now and i think it's interesting when you talk to people about it because everyone, a lot of people are like, whoa, I could never do that. It's so scary, you know, and it is scary. It's scary to get yeah, up it's still, with the it's intent very scary. to make mm. people laugh, to, to yeah. make people actually have a, a physical response to your jokes that you've written. And I think what you've done is next level brave because you've then said, well, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone says it's not the same online because it isn't because I can't see the people in front of me kind of hitting when I, when I make it, when I do the punchline, I can't see that reaction instantaneously yeah. mm. like I would in person. So it makes it extremely difficult. And I think that's good credit for you to be, to have the guts to make that happen because, and I think that's one of the things about this pandemic and the, and the way in which the world shifted it's it's innovations like that not just in comedy obviously but like innovations like that where people are brave enough to say okay this is difficult it's not the same as it is in person but how do we make it work that's yeah. like that's the bit that people seem to stop short of and i'm always looking for like i've you know I've, you've seen i've got this like crazy stupid setup here people laugh at me i've got a teleprompter i've got a big ring light thing. I've got soundproof. I'm just trying my best to try and work out like, how can I step up and yeah. try to work out what is the best way forward? I've bought, I bought a load of equipment, which I don't use and I'm trying to sell, <laughs> but you know, it's like, I think credit <laughs> to you is like learning and doing it is so cool. And it's great. You've got, you've got uh, business out of it. So, mm. you know, good, good. For yeah. You. That was, That's that was, awesome. that felt like a big win in the, you know, uh, to have like, so, now three clients so far yeah. <laughs> with that product that that feels like a really big achievement but you know there was a lot of uh i don't know boldness but in the sense that you know i wasn't really realizing what what i was getting myself into 
And, you know, a lot of it was, you know, because the whole part of, uh, you know, it's not like it is with live and you don't hear the reaction. And, like, I hadn't even thought about that, you know? Like, it was... <laughs> One, A, I just needed to get away. I needed to have, like, an outlet outside of the crazy shit show that was going on at work. Um, I just needed that. And then also, I needed to... And, like, there was... I don't know. Maybe there was a pride thing or something like... Well, this is also... You know, I think this is something that... I think you've learned... We've learned that... Can we name the company we worked for? I don't know, Nick. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, EF Education First. Yeah, of course. You can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That we've learned there I've is got is like to hide and uh, you know. No, no, I just don't know the rules of your from, podcast. Hopefully, some friends from EF are listening, and if they are, hey, hi, welcome, and love you, and please listen to more podcasts, yes. both mine and Ben's. <laughs> <laughs> so I I felt like one thing that we've definitely learned there is that you know. You, you learn to take the, the bull by the horns and then if you want to do something, you just screw it. I'm going for it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so there was definitely, uh, there was there was a bit of that, you know, like screw it and like, you know, ah, we'll figure it out. Um, I, 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 I hear you. And in fact, it is a great, uh, and it, I think it's a thing about EF generally. It's a very successful company in main part because it attracts people who, a bit like that and it's actually it, it's not very structured which it has its massive flaws of course but at the same time i think it's it's shown over what is it 45 50 years something it's been going yeah longer than 50 years so i went to the 50th year so 50 something years it's been going that it's continued to grow and grow and grow because it's innovating it's having people like just face challenges and work out the best way forward instead of trying to plan out every single detail and, and nail down every single potential risk yeah it, it yeah. assesses risk of course and it takes care of people and safety is important but it also mm. then works out where are other business risks we can take and what can we push with to innovate or change <clears throat> the industry a bit and and get you know more market share or more profit or whatever it is so yeah, yeah. i think it's a it's a great example and, and i mean you and i both will have seen plenty of examples where people have just had to swim where they've been thrown in the deep and they've just had to and and they've done it you know yeah and and so that's kind of what it was you know like so you know so i don't know how much credit i deserve for the courage because i really i i didn't know what i was getting myself into now i guess yeah i guess once you do it once and you 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 get the slap in the face of like performing to a lens and empty silence uh there you realize, oh, shit. <laughs> but also, the first show, I didn't realize how bad we were because we asked for donations. And we actually got quite a lot of donations, but I think people were just like, okay, fine, you know, like, like let's reward the effort. But they definitely, like, didn't show up after that. <laughs> and so, 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 you know, like, even in the beginning, like, like this guy Harry was like, "Hey, you know, it's really not good. What, what are we doing?" I was like, "What are you talking about? Look how much money we got." <laughs> <laughs> but he was right. <laughs> he was right, Harry. You're right. I'm getting that message loud and clear. Yes, Harry. Harry. <laughs> it's so funny. Maybe you should have him on your podcast because 
I'll tell you why. So when he learned I was doing this podcast on confidence, and actually I, I recorded one episode at this place because uh, I needed to use the material and uh, like the the equipment, and he was recording his own podcast. So anyway, so he sticks around, and at the end he's like, you know what, Ben, I think you should have me on your podcast because I'll tell you something about my life. And then he said that when he was young, he would play uh, games with his grandmother. So like they would play all sorts of board games and stuff like that. So since the age of seven and like for years and years, you know, and his grandmother made it happen so that he would win every time. <laughs> but he, he didn't know. And so <laughs> he came out of it thinking he's really the smartest person. <laughs> oh, dear. It sounds like my five-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> and that and that you know and that and he's like yeah, yeah you know i have a podcast on conference because obviously this is something that i've struggled with you know myself and i'm trying to explore and 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 you know and i think i i have uh at least you know gotten some kind of professional confidence uh but then i'm i'm like interested in like the bigger picture of confidence and he's like, yeah, I don't understand why you do this, Ben. Like, what? <laughs> I'm so confident. <laughs> it's so confident. But, you know, like, imagine if for years and years and years, every week, you know, you've you've uh, you've learned that you win at every game. <laughs> then, you know, I, I, like, I, this must affect your adult life later. <laughs> it was funny you were saying that because I was, I was watching a program about, um, I don't know if you play it in France, but the Pass the Parcel at, at Birthday parties? Do you play that in front? So in the, I guess uh, maybe we have another name. What what does it consist of? So it's a, it's a, it's a, a, a prize is in the middle, and then you wrap it, and then you put some usually like a sweet a candy or something in between, and you wrap another layer, and then you do the same. And you wrap, 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 and it becomes a giant present that then kids sit and pass around in a circle and then when the music stops they get to unwrap and look right. inside. Peppa Pig has an episode on it so you must check it out no, I'm just okay, I'll check you'll it be out. on Peppa Pig time but I was listening to that and we've I was graduated the funny thing about that game is like when you're playing it you're like holding on you don't want to you don't want to let go and you're like thinking how do I be tactical with this game and then of course the parents are standing there waiting you know making sure everyone gets whatever gets a char gets a go on the music so they're watching making sure did, did, did Nick have a go yeah yeah okay okay you know but you don't when you're in it you don't think of that at all I mean that's the same version of it at least that's when you're very young and you yeah you know you are still and maybe believing in other things that don't necessarily exist as well in the world. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you about your podcast, though, sure. because let's get on to that. Because you, you, it's funny how you say, I think I've got confidence. I love, I love that. I think I've got confidence now. I think <laughs> That's I've why you laughed. I think I've developed professional confidence. It's like, are you sure of that? Are you confident of that? <laughs> I'm, so, I am now. I am confident that I so have professional I, confidence. I recommend anyone who isn't listening to Ben's podcast, go check it out. It's awesome. And uh, I've listened to, I have actually, I have one more episode to listen to, uh, which is your friend you've just mentioned, the, the your friend who's in comedy in, in uh, Switzerland. I haven't listened to that one yet. So that's on the slate. But you've, you've interviewed a very interesting guy, uh, uh, in, over in the states, I think he's over in the states. Who's written those books on uh, Joe Borgo? Yeah, yes, he's yeah. yeah, he's amazing. That's a yeah. really cool episode. Really, really cool. So Thank de you. definitely go check out Ben's podcast. But but Ben, talk to me about that. Then the confidence. Talk to me about where that's where like your journey to get to 
I know you're writing a book as well. So when that comes out, we're all going to buy that. But uh, all of us to get to the, to get to this point, like what? And you went to INSEAD, which is the world's best business school. Let's be honest. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I, went I don't well. care what the rankings say. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, you, you've obviously had a, a, a very uh, good trajectory. You've had a successful career with EF. Talk to me about that. Like, where did Ben grow up? Where, how did you end up on this trajectory? Because I know you've done public speaking and, and these sort of, and you did comedy way back. So, like, let's, let's hear the journey. Yeah. Um, the uh, the journey to sorry to what <laughs> to get to here with the confidence <laughs> to to like, talk about like, okay. how did you end up being uh, yeah, the guy that's so, now thinking he's got the professional confidence and has a podcast of confidence and even in your podcast <laughs> you're like i'm pretty nervous about this i'm like i love it i love it yeah because i i also thought Good. like when when i when i so just quickly on that point that you just mentioned when when it became clear that okay this is the topic that i want to talk about then all of a sudden i was like oh well then that's fine because i can talk about my own insecurities especially you know i was trying to put um i was trying there you go uh my my goal was to position myself in as in public speaking motivational speaking etc and usually you get people who are you know first we've had professional athletes <laughs> Um, in IDF, you know, gold medalists, uh, or if it's people who are have accomplished quite a lot in business, you know, uh, people from like the Shark Tank shows or you know, multimillionaires, and I'm like, who am I compared to this guy? Like, what you know, what what can I, what do I have to offer? I mean, I know what I can offer, but like, what's the credibility that I have? And then, and then, and then, when I thought about you know, confidence as a topic that ties in quite a lot of things that I want to talk about. Then I was like, this is perfect because I'm also experiencing my own <laughs> insecurity with with branding myself as a speaker. And then, you know, so I can talk about that journey uh, yeah. as well. So, but the, the journey without going into the root causes, because this would be a, a psychology episode. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> but let's me, have a... Okay. Let's have a starting point where, uh, let's say, I am plagued with uh, lack of self confidence, and like, and it's it's something that is very deep and rooted in me. So I guess I had the opposite experience than than Harry had, um, and and I would say that the um, so actually, so so that's that's where I came. I started from. In a way, the dream of doing comedy was maybe like an illusion in my mind that it would it would um, help me like get a better life, you know, like maybe it would be like a crutch of confidence or you know because actually the dream of of being in front of people and making them them laugh was you know what I wasn't really imagining the jokes that I would say but I would imagine people laughing and and being like oh we love Ben you know like <laughs> so I kind of started to imagine that you know this this would be like a way to you know to to get people to like me and uh and but in the end it's bullshit you know cuz <laughs> <laughs> it's got to come from another place. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it, but anyway, so that was kind of like the that was kind of like the why I started to dream about it. 
but man i was i was just so bad like and not just comedy but i was i was just bad at public speaking i was bad at you know speaking in front of people i was very introverted like if you had met me when i was 15 16 17, 18 up until you know maybe until 25 you wouldn't you wouldn't have recognized me today like eventually i would i when i would be with my friends then i would i would get comfortable and like i would you know i'd be able to shine and break through this but i really had like the look from other people the it was something that really stressed me and it was you know i saw it when i was doing job interviews or when i was doing like uh, admission interviews for universities because they're quite a big thing in France. They're yeah. like there's a big ritual <laughs> around that, uh, and I would I would be so bad speaking in front of an audience. I'd be bad, you know. Like, but uh, same with selling, you know. Like I kind of I kind of thought. Uh, okay, so maybe let me backtrack a bit. So, but I st- I had these aspirations to do. Uh, something in media and communication and show business, etc. So I went to Emerson College in Boston. And there I was actually a film and writing student. But I kind of noticed that the uh, my favorite writers uh, were the ones that, that were in touch with the stage because, I don't know, I kind of thought like maybe there's an immediacy where you know you can write something and then you get the feedback and then you know maybe you can improve it etc and like and i just found like even film writers who had gone through the stage before were just better so i started to be like okay i've got to find a way to do stage and then and then stand-up comedy is super easy you just sign up for an open mic and there you go you're on stage (laughs) so And, you know, so first first uh, gig was, so it was kind of weird because first gig, I start into like three minutes of almost silence, you know, and like, and there's just, there's one guy at the back who's laughing, he's my friend, you know, so he's laughing <laughs> he's at my joke. He's probably already heard your set. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, that's good, that's good. And he, he was like the, but he kind of carried me through. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I get an applause break. So I was like, all right, I guess this went pretty well. And then, you know, so then the second gig, I start to feel more, you know, confident. And then and then I, I don't have three minutes of silence. I have maybe like a minute of silence and then it goes well. And then third gig, even better. And then the fourth gig, I was like invited to perform for the international students of Emerson College in Boston, you know. So like I go nail it for seven minutes. So then I've I've started to think, well, maybe... <laughs> maybe i'm the next genius of comedy and then the moment you think that (laughs) (laughs) the reality is like oh all right (laughs) it's such it's such a minefield isn't it because you you've got to put yourself out there usually the best jokes you know it's it's the it's the it's the twist right and and you've got to you've got to make that work and usually it's against yourself or it's against something some adversity but like if you're not prepared to laugh at yourself and find every fault with yourself then you are yeah you're go, you're never going to win in comedy if you yeah. don't if you're not fully aware of where your flaws are then yeah. you're never going to be able to get anywhere and and that is such a crutch i think for so many comedians and then of course when you get into the rhythm and you find that rhythm and you find that flow and you can 
and you know what hits and what doesn't hit. I find it such, I mean, for me, it was just fascinating experience. I didn't actually love, I got laughs. Uh, I was quite lucky actually. So I was doing it in Hong Kong and I, I, I got laughs pretty much every time I went. <laughs> Most of the jokes, like not every joke I hit, but mm. like I, I got quite good laughs. But the thing was, I didn't feel that thing that a lot of comedians talk about. It was like, like rush of adrenaline of like, oh, I've got people laughing. Yeah. It was like, I was just like, this is, I was standing on stage because I'm very comfortable talking on stage. I just wasn't comfortable with the concept of trying to make people laugh while I was, while I was talking. Right. Yeah. So I was standing there and I was like, I was just looking out thinking, this is so interesting an experience to challenge our, yourself to, to continue as well and to, to find your feet again once you've, you know, you've, you've said that joke and you're like, that is really funny why the hell are they not laughing right now? Like, you know, that, I know that's funny because I've said it to myself and I've laughed about it while I'm lying in bed. And I, that is just funny shit. And that happened to me or whatever, you know, like, and then, then no one's laughing. You're like, ah, oh. and you're, and I found myself trying to work that out while still going with my set, you know, like I'm standing there going like, why didn't that happen? And you've got to kind of get over it and move on. So I, I, I absolutely love comedy for that as well. And stand up open mics. I think it's such a brilliant learning experience for, for yourself. Yeah. And, uh, and just back to what you were saying as well, like when you said you, you, you know, if you saw yourself when you were a teenager or even up to 25, you'd be a different person. I, I think it's so interesting how much you learn as you get older and you, and that self-confidence. And this is what I wanted to kind of get back to is your, your talk on confidence. I don't know about you, but I feel like the older I get, the more I realize how much you learn over time. But that makes me more and more aware of how much I don't know and how much, you know, wisdom that the older people have. And therefore, like, yeah, I get more confidence with age yeah. because I'm learning about myself and I'm learning how to settle in, you know, mm. and I'm happy in my own body. I'm happy with my own faults and things. But I realize how much I don't know. So I, I also mm. struggle with that. But some people are um, not Michael. like, and some people never really get there. Like, um, how much you learn and everything you 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 also have to be open to your own growth you know and so, some people are not uh open to that and um i guess when i you know when i started out in stand up so you know so i came back to france after my studies in the us and then i did 3 years of stand up in paris and i definitely now i know i have the terms for it i had a fixed mindset mm. Did you did you did you read that book? Uh, yes. Like, ah, it's such this book. Brilliant. It's brilliant. Growth mindset, right? A growth mindset. Yeah. So you know, Rachel, and I had a, I had a, Rachel something. I can't remember. Uh, Dweck. Yeah. Yeah. I had Carol Dweck. Carol, Carol Dweck. Dweck. That's not yeah. Rachel. Yeah. I had a, but a serious, a severe case of fixed mindset. So you know, like, so I was shaking in my boots because every performance. Imagine that if it didn't go right, it would mean that it is in my deep nature that I cannot be a comedian. You know, like that I do not have the talent and like and you know like and I would suffer from it so much and it was it was <laughs> it was horrible. And uh and it kind of, you know, and at some point I gave up, you know. I was like <sighs> I don't think, you know, I don't think I have it. I don't think it is in my nature because I was looking for the signs that it was my nature that that I could be like a good comedian and and uh and you know, very severe fixed mindset. 
then when I so then I went on and and you know went into the world of business and then I went to to the our dear business school in Seattle, <laughs> where I first met you actually you were at the career fair uh like one of the uh representatives <laughs> <laughs> selling me selling me the dream selling me the company but you know so I, can, I and the funny thing is so EF was interested in me uh but they made a mistake they treated me like uh, I was graduating in December but in fact I was graduating in July so I was I was at the I was at the career fair where we met and I was only like 2 months in my my MBA program and you know two, two days after that uh you know I got a job offer uh or maybe not 2 days but like very shortly after that like I had a job offer from EF but I I, I felt like I had just started inside and so I didn't know I was like, I don't know, like, <laughs> I don't know that I want to go for, you know, for, 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 for EF, etc. And then, um, and I pushed it, I pushed it so much to like, oh, but wait, let me decide and everything that <laughs> Eva Kokum withdrew the offer for me. <laughs> <laughs> she for said, those that don't know she's the big big boss of uh yes. so she's the one so she's time. the first person i met and i had no idea you know who she was and yeah. uh so but that then it was maybe it was better this way so i wasn't so intimidated i was better <laughs> able to be myself and uh yeah she was like uh we need decisive people <laughs> he's not he's not decisive enough uh so you know and like and and the company withdrew the offer you know before the deadline you know like when you recruit at inside you're supposed to like every mba you're supposed to have the offer uh hold until a certain date um and for for my promotion it was much later and uh and anyway i was trying to hold it until then but i also understand that it didn't look good if somebody was waiting 5 months to <laughs> say yes or no to a job so anyway so then you know and then the recruiting process didn't go super well like uh at INSEAD for me so I graduated from INSEAD without then without a job to go to and and Nick that was like that was this was the lowest point of of my you know mental state uh in a way, brought a lot of things for me that that and I think are going to be relevant for your podcast. But it was it was horrible. Like, and I, because at the same time, you know, like my, I also started in set with somebody that I, you know, I thought, okay, this is the person I'm going to get married to, and then and then the MBA experience is really good at like knocking your bullshit. <laughs> if you. <laughs> So, you know, so that relationship failed uh, and then, you know, and I felt I failed and then I was in debt for 60,000 euro yeah. um, and I was back on my mother's couch, uh, you know, where when you start inside, you think that's it, you've, you've, you've made it, you know, you're going to get a call from the Illuminati and then you're going <laughs> to rule the world. <laughs> exactly. CEO, please. <laughs> but, but not at all. Yeah. 
you know, and you do all these business cases, you know, like in the classroom, you know, now you are the CEO of Coca-Cola and like, what would you do? Like, so you're, you're just, you just fucking imagine yourself as some hotshot, <laughs> take all these decisions and then, and then <laughs> like total inflation of your ego and then reality comes in. And so, and, and it was crazy. Like I remember... I mean, I was in such a point of failure in my life that I was like, I don't know how to get out of it. And my brain, so it wasn't even me like actively doing that. My brain started to offer me solutions. And the solutions where my brain was starting to come up with, you know, four or five different ways to kill myself. And so like, it was so weird. Like you remember we were doing a lot of driving in Fontainebleau, right? And there was this like this big road and lots of uh, lorries and trucks coming through. And then, you know, like, and I was just driving and it'd be like, well, if you just swerve to the left, it's over. And like, and stuff that it's, it's, it was just so not me, you know, because even if I was plagued with a lot of self-confidence, like I still, I, I still try to be jovial and everything. And I just, I could not understand what the hell was going on. Like, and then it was super weird because I tried to speak about it, uh, to, to like, um, psychology services of INSEAD and you know so no, first I was just not about this particularly but that's one day I, I I hint at it and and I saw her reaction and I was just like fuck if I continue talking about this she's gonna like have me committed to a hospital and I just I don't want that mm -hmm. I don't want to go to a hospital and so like it was incredibly lonely um, and you know like so so it was kind of weird because it was one of the best years of my life, but also like, what the hell? <laughs> like, what the hell is happening? And and this continued after INSEAD, you know? So it was even worse, you know, because at INSEAD, like, couldn't get a job and I could see the relationship was ending with with this girl. But then after that, it was worse. I Then I was out of a relationship and I was out of a job and deeply in debt and... There was one evening when I really deeply thought about, okay, like this is like, I'm going to do it. Um, I don't know if I would have, I didn't do it. You know, I didn't even try in the end, but I was just like, it was just so real in my head that this was like the next step and I kind of collapsed and um, I, I kind of, because I'm such a pussy, you know, like I was looking for, I was Googling ways to do it without like you wouldn't feel anything and then thank god like there's a guy who wrote like this big article about okay like when you click on the page you think that you know you're gonna get information and like the guy gives you like man okay like i know this is you're going through a tough time but and you know like and just and you know like and i read that and i started crying um and uh but yeah, it was just, you know, like, so emotional breakdown. So super weird. And then I woke up the day after and then I was like, okay, I, um, all right, I decided not to do this. So what the hell am I going to do? You know, and like, and I started to first say, okay, like, what is it that I like in my life? Like, and what is it that I've always valued? And, you know, like, even if, even if like I've been in situations where I thought, oh, why did I do that? But there was at least like, 
it felt conflicted, but at least it was coherent because there were like five or six things that were very important to me. Like, and sometimes they come in conflict. So that's why, you know, like the choices are difficult. But I started to get this awareness about, you know, the things that motivate me. So that was one of the things, like that was a very important moment in my in my development. And by the way, like I don't know how the hell I came up with this process or it just came kind of like naturally. You know, I didn't do it from a book or whatever. Uh, but maybe because I had been like a consumer of personal development books, so probably, you know, that kind of thinking came into my head. And then... Um, I just realized I never told this story. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm very honest. I know, I'm like, fuck, I, I'm yeah. just laying it out. I like, yeah, I, I'm, I, I, I'm I, feeling for you. I, like, it's, a, <laughs> it's a tough story to tell. Um, um, yeah. I, I, it's... Okay, so that was, that was one. I told one person um, who's actually, she was, the, she was one of the guests in my podcast, um, the girl who started the safari business and she thinks I, I need to talk about it. But now I've said it now in a public, <laughs> I've said it publicly. Well, this is the first time. You can still take it down if you want, as I said. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Um, and then, so, and then the second thing that I did is that I started to experiment with stuff, right? So, you know, I started to do this like 30 day trials of things. And and then it, because at the time in my head I was the biggest loser that existed uh, on earth, you know, because <laughs> like, this is how I felt, you know, I was I was a loser. I was the opposite of your podcast, you know, win, <laughs> win. I was lose building, and uh, felt and I, you were lose building. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but it, but at the end of the day, I also think that it's it's all about feeling and mindset, you know. And but this is so this is the what big define, change. What do you define your win? What do you define your loss? Yeah, That's exactly. Thing, yeah. So what I did was like, okay, uh, I'm tired of feeling like a loser, you know, every day. So I'm gonna do things from now on that I am 100% sure I'm going to succeed. And I went radical about it. So that means that so. That didn't mean that I stopped looking for a job, right? So I was like, I still need a job because I need to move out of my mother's place and I have 60,000 euros to reimburse, you know, one way or another. Yeah. But I thought, okay, like, you know, I would wake up every morning thinking, oh, I don't have a job. I need a job, you know. I was like, fuck this. Now I'm going to do things I'm 100% sure to succeed. So, well, I guess... So let's start with, you know, the strategy to, to get a job is, you know, you can network or, or you send out cover letters, right? <laughs> so I was like, okay, so I'm going to write a cover letter. But even, so, you know, it was like, okay, do I need to write a cover letter that I'm happy with? And I'm like, no, because I don't, I am not 100% sure I'm going to succeed that, especially when you're depressed and feeling like I was, you're never happy with what you're doing. So I was like, the, the, so what's the success factor? Well, this cover letter will be three paragraphs long. <laughs> that, was, that was the only thing. And then I kind of, I also had to like, okay, and then it's been years that I haven't written anything. I miss it. So today I'm going to write 50 words. Okay. So this is what I put on my to-do list for that day that I kind of, you know, it was kind of like the day after. Man, I cannot tell you, like, all of a sudden, there were two things that I had won. <laughs> you know, like, I succeeded, 
And and I remember I wanted to see with this trial if success breeds success. Mm. So then I'm like emboldened. <laughs> so so the day after I go and I like okay well maybe I can maybe I can try 100 words because if I face it 50 wasn't wasn't so you know you know wasn't so difficult and then and then I'm going to do two cover two cover letters and then also oh my best friend's getting married I'm one of the you know I have to give a speech so I'm so what can I do like that is well I'm just going to sit down and and write for 20 minutes about him you know, and these were my only success factors. And I'm 100% sure to succeed it, right? And I would even also, I was radical also about the number of items I would put on my list. Like, so especially in the beginning, I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna cram my list with, you know, I'm just going to like, you know, let's start with three and four, you know? And then I, but then I ended up working like an hour a day. <laughs> so I was like, okay, maybe I can step it up. But this was this is cra- like, and this is what turned my life around. Uh, and this is what I have used in everything, every single professional challenge I have had after that. And it it turned my life because then all of a sudden, you know, like first I w- I was I was feeling better, you know, like yes, I didn't have a job, but I was well. I guess that's what I was talking in that podcast with Joe, right? Like, so he explained it really well. He said, you know, I was showing up for myself. Mm. And I started to have like a, you know, a good, like it kind of started to build my own esteem, but also like this is where I kind of rebuild this identity of a winner. And then the crazy thing is like, so then when you start to have this identity about yourself, then the things that you don't control, that you're not 100% sure to succeed anymore, then it starts to fall into place without, you know, it's in a in a way that you know i guess i don't know the the world around you is reacting to all right he's showing up he's doing his part okay let's you know like all of a sudden you're part of the symphony and then and then you start getting like if you're in business you start getting client or for me my case was i started getting interviews and uh and it was crazy because i wrote maybe in two weeks more cover letters than i wrote in a whole year at insead because I didn't care anymore, like it, that it, ha- it had to be perfect, and oh, like nobody will ever like. I was so during inside, I had such a lack of self confidence that it would be excruciating to to write cover letters because I thought, like, how can I influence people to think these things about me? And like, like I was not good enough for anyone. Mm. And but then I didn't, you know, I was just like, well, screw it, you know, like <laughs> three paragraphs, I can do this. <laughs> But then, you know, like, and then I started to have, I started to be more inspired for my letters because like all of a sudden the pressure was not there anymore. And, you know, and I think I just wrote, you know, better things. And then, you know, and then I also challenged myself to, all right, call this person. And then, and actually, so one of my tasks one day was just like, you know, write to, uh, write to Eva uh, and say, because one of the things that, I remember was that I actually enjoy talking to everybody from EF that I talked to. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's such a shame that we had this problem with the deadline, you know, and like the, the misunderstanding with what promotion I was because this was really like the people that I felt the mo- most comfortable with. And actually, I told her very honestly that. I said, you know, like, 
So you know, I did, I did my, I did my my tasks, and then you know, so all of a sudden, I have like four interviews. <laughs> and then even for the interviews, I I I did like the same tactic, you know. So I would show, I would like, all right, I I, I only hundred percent success actions when I go to this interview. So you know, number one, show up. Like that, I thought I was pretty sure, you know, it was ninety nine percent that I could show up. Uh, and then, but you know, more than that, I was like, okay, like I want to say these three points about myself and I want to ask this one question. Okay. That like, that was my success factor. And I was like, if I do this, I have like, I have succeeded. And I remember, so every interview I went to, including the one that I had with, with, uh, at the time was Malika and Olivier from France, um, who were, you know, heading, heading the, the programs in, in France. Uh, I went with my notepad and I had little boxes <laughs> on the second page and you know I didn't say it and like throughout the interviews I was checking boxes and I was just feeling catching <laughs> but because I was feeling good I was ju- I was just so much better and like you know then then comes three job offers uh and you know and I was just like it was such a turnaround and then, and then, you know, so this technique I've used when, you know, of course I joined in the worst time possible, 2008. And I've used this technique, you know, to pick up the team as like, okay, the team was starting to feel depressed and about, it's like, okay, well, let's focus on the things that we can do, you know, like, and I remember it was crazy. I just, I just gave them a challenge to like send out quotes, you know, because when they are in the loser mentality and like, and at the time we didn't have automated system for quotes and it was actually the most painful process <laughs> of the of the selling relationship so i was like okay let's give them an incentive like i know that they're 100 percent sure to succeed right so all of a sudden they sent all these quotes and then and then you know they were getting customers and like to complete turnaround like the only team that grew that year worldwide and in france like so it was it was really you know, I've used this, you know, in leadership situations where, you know, when I've had to deal with academic programs and I'm like, okay, like there's, there's, you know, I'm evaluated by the performance of 3000 teachers. Like how on earth do I have any action on this? So I was just like, okay, what are the things that are 100% under my control, but also that I can succeed, you know, yeah. so, and then focus on that. And then recently, actually, in the you know in the craziness, <laughs> I was like, okay, let's let's focus on that. Um, and then you know, and 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 it, it got me through it, you know. So like, and I guess with comedy, so uh, sorry, and I'm just gonna use comedy to to wrap this to wrap this little story or journey. I love it. Um, when I started comedy again, when I was 37. Uh, there I had, you know, I had a few weapons up my sleeve, right? <laughs> uh, I, so it was the same, like just, you know, just every day write X number of words without worrying if it's funny or not. Then just show up on stage. That's it. Sign up for a gig and then, you know, put your foot on the stage and you've, you've succeeded. You know, it doesn't mean that, you know, it was still painful to bomb, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> like, but but I but but I kind of started to like see like what is my success right, and what's my win and, and then define your wins. 
yeah exactly yeah. and then all of a sudden but then i would get wins like and that this is when i went you know like and i also thought you know oh i'm 37 i'll never be a professional comedian you know it's too late so in, and that took that pressure off as well you know so i was just really focused on on the art of it and the and the joke and like and really finding you know what's funny and I've achieved a lot more <laughs> this time around <laughs> than I did the first time when I was young and, you know, full of energy. <laughs> and, um, because, uh, you know, until then, uh, now I have a growth mindset. I have, uh, I'm able to, to let go of things that, that, that I don't control and really just focus on 100% on what I can succeed and what's my win and really trusting that this brings bigger wins. Yeah. from the world you know like and sometimes win that you you had imagined but sometimes not you know sometimes you have wins because you are showing up and doing your thing that are coming your way like for example like like this this uh this corporate clients for the online comedy show i didn't set out to you know i didn't set out to be like okay i'm going to make a an online comedy show product that is going to be so good that company is going to pay for it no, it's part of the journey that I just want to get better at comedy and like, okay, all right, we can do it live. So I want to grow my skills online, etc. And then, you know, all of it, like, and then the, the, the side win came uh, and it was, it was really beautiful. And that's, you know, that's kind of like my philosophy with, with winning is that especially when, when you feel like you're losing, <laughs> for me, the way to get out of it and what's got me out of it every single time is like well you know just just put up take a piece of paper and write uh you know so for many years i call them 100 percent success actions since today actually because i was i was doing a i was writing some copy for like a, a landing page for for marketing because uh, because the story that i've told you like I'm still unsure about the whole suicidal things, but but definitely like what's around, like feeling like a loser after school and everything. Like I have I've given this speech before, and this is like the keynote speech I want to give on the topic of confidence. And uh, now, so since today, I've called I've started to call them uh, infallible action uh, tasks, infallible tasks. So you know, tasks at which you cannot fail. And and uh, like you just do this. You know, like you, you, and this is how you create the winning in your life. And then, man, there's, there's like, there's a study which I say in my speech that, you know, they've experimented, like they've proven scientifically that success brings success. Yeah. Okay. So they, they brought, they, they took like, you know, teams that were working on all sorts of projects and then they just get, and they randomly selected a few teams and they gave them early success randomly. Like, so if that team was about, you know, getting more followers, they just, they just make fake followers for them or, you know, to buy something, they just bought, you know, the, the teams that had the, that were chosen randomly performed, all performed better than the other ones because they experienced success, even if it was not real success. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, funny you should say that. I used to say fake it till you make it, but it, it's a, it's a double-edged sword that, that statement because it's, it's dangerous. But, uh, I think the reality is confidence and what, what you talk about, you know, if you have confidence and you can see it all over the place, you can see it in great salespeople, in great, uh, charmers, like great charismatic leaders and things. 
that confidence just inspires uh, a energy around people that that then moves things forward and and we talk, I talked about it in my last podcast actually about the about the, the you know the positive growth growth mindset but positive attitude as well and I think you know I, I'm, I'm so honored you shared that story with me uh, Benjamin and and I have to say you know um, I think uh, I can relate. <laughs> so maybe that's a podcast for you. But I, uh, I also know a good friend who came out of INSEAD with with uh, some very t- strong mental health issues as well, mm. uh, who I'm not going to name because it's not my place of to. Of course. But, but yeah. It, it's, uh, yeah, it's tough. And it's, I think what's really interesting is it's, it's so tough to feel, you said it yourself, lonely. You feel in, the, in those desperate moments, you feel so lonely because you feel like, oh my God, I'm such a freaking loser here. I've, you know, I'm achieving nothing. I'm worthless. There's, it's pointless. And I, I've been there myself. And, and I think f- just in case, and I really want to say this, and this is a bit left field, but just in case there's anyone out there listening right now who is in a moment like that, because there have been some really rough moments in the last year and a bit for so many people. But just in case there's anyone out there, please, please talk to me. You don't have to do it on the bloody podcast in front of everyone. <laughs> talk to me or talk to a friend, talk to someone. Okay. Because it's so important. And, and I'm so glad Benjamin that you found uh, Benjamin that you found that um, guy online uh, that, you know, you read that thing and it changed things for you. For me, mm. it was a group of friends that, that turned things around for me. And, 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 you know, I, I, I think your point as well about setting targets that are definitely achievable when like I wasn't suicidal, but when I lost my job last year after the COVID thing here and I was in Hong Kong and it was like, Oh my God, we're in such deep shit right now. Like we're, right. we're in Hong Kong, we're in an extremely <clears throat> expensive place to live and we can't really afford to live here without salary. And my wife didn't have a job at the time. Um, so we were stuck big time and we'd spent most of our savings as well. So of course it was like, okay, I was just, okay, what can we do? What can I control here? And I knew mentally one of the things I could control is my own fitness. I've always felt like that fitness for me has always been such a huge, huge, um, oh, what you call it like rock in my life like it's something i haven't I got know. there yet <laughs> well if i'm if i'm fit and and have a, a good engine i call it my engine you know if yeah. i have a good engine that's that's running well then that helps up here so much for me and 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 i, I do think it's good for everyone and i encourage everyone to get healthy but i know for me in particular it's a is a huge necessity so i immediately as soon as i lost my job as soon as i knew i was losing my job i was like right an hour every day at lunchtime now i'm going to take a, an hour lunch break which i could never normally take before because you know i was so busy and things but i was like well they fired me now and they're making me work out my notice i'm going to do my best but i'm also going to get fit <laughs> so an hour every lunchtime in the, in the hong kong heat and i was crushing crushing fitness goals and you know like making sure i was keeping fit mm. and, and also then taking on things that i knew i could control and i think similar to your point of like infallible task it's like things that you can control that you know you've got control of that you can you can take ownership of and and win or or achieve and i think that is so important because setting yourself those goals and then like you said ticking them off in the box it gives you that confidence that yeah yeah i'm getting somewhere i'm taking steps forward you know Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of happiness in that you know like more than actually there's more happiness in the daily practice of these things than than actually crossing a finish line i find 
I, you know, I was extremely proud to have landed this client, but it's, it, it doesn't feel as, I don't know, the, the, the pleasure that I have just working on, on, on my comedy, meeting with my friends, uh, working on skits, you know, like that, there's, there's, this is where for me, like the pleasure is. Yeah. Um, and the, you know, this talk on confidence, I used to call it goals are the worst. <laughs> that's interesting because i i do you know i just think that it's good to have goals but you know like i i just think if it's if it's takes somebody to the point of depression like it did for me and and having me have these thoughts like is it really worth it to have goals and I think it's good to have, like have an have, have things that you want to you know move towards or I, it's really weird Nick like I, I I'm very conflicted with this because like for example when I started to do comedy again so I know that I want to improve at comedy and I know that I I want to get better and everything now did I set myself a goal to to be on you know Netflix or or have this or you know not not really like I I wanted to I just wanted to I just wanted to be good at it, you know. Actually, okay, it's it's half true. Like I had this goal that I w- I wanted to have like a really good 60 minute. Yeah, I guess I had some goal. <laughs> but I mean, I was you know, to say I'm like it sounds a lot like goals to me. Cool yeah, yeah okay. Like. Sounds like goals. <laughs> no, maybe it sounds like goals, but like like I I tell you one of the reasons why I had this character Antoine Robin, the French demotivational speaker, is because I have never felt so more stressed and hyper and anxious after like a Tony Robbins motivational video <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> or, or you know because this idea that oh, okay like so all right like how can you dream be uh, you know 30x like how can you make you know three million with your passion and it's just like just relax you know like just uh I, you know, do, I don't know, like, just find the things that you like, you know, and practice that every day. And then slowly it builds into, into something, you know, amazing that maybe you, you hadn't thought about. I, I love that. And, and I think it's so important to say that, especially, uh, you know, young people of today, or millennials, even, Sorry, millennials. I know you're not considering yourselves young, but you are to us. <laughs> uh, but but this, this whole thing of like, you know, you can be whatever you want to be. You can do whatever you want to do. It's like, I love the concept of that. I, I, I embrace that that's a great concept, but I don't believe it actually, because I'm like, you can't necessarily, you know, I can't go and beat Usain Bolt in a hundred meters. I can't, you know, uh, do, do some of the incredible things that people are doing at the top of the top of various games. Uh, even no, but, uh, with training, even with yeah. the, 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 all the best things put in front of me. And, and the reality is that that runs for other things as well. You can't necessarily get into, you know, the top C, top C suite of Goldman Sachs or something. You know, it's, it's just not achievable for some people. And that's okay. And I think the important thing linked to what you were saying and the reason being a coach, I would defend golf <laughs> completely is, 
I mean, it sounds cheesy, but smart, right? The A of smart goals mm. is achievable. And are they achievable? And it links to exactly what you said. It has to be something achievable. Yes, you want stretch goals. You want to do things that, okay, they're achievable. They're a huge long shot. Okay. But then set up the other things, you know, and that's what when you set up sales goals for example you usually have you know goal one goal two goal three and then vision or something like that and you know usually sales goal two is the one that you kind of like okay i really hope we're going to achieve that right sales goal one should definitely be achievable and vision is like okay if the team are going crazy then that's where they're headed but you 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 set those up with with that stretch it built into it i think Goals on a personal level, if you're setting goals for yourself, which are unreasonable or unachievable in terms of your your life situation as well, like, you know, I'll give you an example. I'm now, I've set myself a goal, similar link to what you're saying. I'm skipping every day this year. What is, uh, you said that before. Jump rope. I'm so out of touch with anything sport that I... Sorry. In the, in the UK, we call it skipping and just about okay. everywhere else, they yeah. call it something different. So jumping sure. over a rope. I think they call it jump rope in America. Yeah. So I'm doing... And I, I said, I was like, I want to do something every day, like set myself a challenge. And have I lost you? No. No, no. I I'm like, just... Uh, yeah. Sorry. I was just checking something uh, in the mic. So I was like, what can I do every day? And I was like, skipping. I can do that every day. And I was like, but I need to be realistic here. Five minutes, five minutes of every day is something I can reasonably say to my wife, I'm going outside for five minutes and I'm going to skip. And she can't complain about that. <laughs> Not no. that she complains a lot, but she can't <laughs> complain about five minutes. Because that's basically an extended toilet break. <laughs> and, and so I've decided to do it. And I'm like, I, I don't know. And I'm not like putting lots of weight onto this it's going to be like oh my god if i don't achieve this it's a disaster but i'm like let's see how far i can go and i started out and i'm like i'm 12 what is it 14 days in now i just did it before this podcast and i'm like 14 right. days in i'm like actually this is achievable and cool thing i'm getting quite good at skipping <laughs> and i can see if i keep going i'm gonna get really good at skipping so i was like that for me was an achievable goal that i set myself and i wanted something like what you've said that i can that i know i can do but i'm not going to be devastated if i don't do i'm not going to feel like i'm a failure i'm just going to be like okay this is something cool to strive for and it gets me a bit fit it keeps me hopping you know like yeah. keeps the engine running cool <laughs> <laughs> so i am on board with your uh, infallible tasks or your 100 success actions And I'm all yeah, I'm still working on the branding. <laughs> <laughs> I like infallible task. It came up today as I was writing. So, some, so I'm going to try some, co some copy uh, to try to sell this speech virtually. So kind of like a bit the, kind of the story that I, I told you, but, you know, more extended and with some research. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> people want it. Well, let's but um, yeah, but and so, yeah, infallible task. Um, but you know, it's kind of funny because at the, at the moment, what I'm, what I'm learning is, so I, I can tell you like the skill of entrepreneurship, I don't feel very confident in it or actually not really because, you know, 12 years at, at EF where the, the value proposition is, is very clear, you know, and you never question it. You are offering 
uh, people to travel abroad so that they can improve their language. It's kind of a no-brainer that it works. And so I, I kind of felt like I never really had to question that. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, I'm going out in the world as a public speaker. What's the what's my theme? What's my value proposition? What to who? To it's it's a uh, you know, and I had already a couple of failed campaigns on LinkedIn, like trying to you know advertising that didn't bring leads. And I'm like, okay, but like, all right, well, what can I do? Like, and really, like now I'm working. So for this landing page, I didn't work on paragraphs. So I work, when when I don't know what to set as a infallible task, I just work with this Pomodoro principle. It's like just work 25 minutes on your landing page, you know. So I did twice 25 minutes, and then I I had it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I'm gonna try again, you know. Like these are, yeah. I'm just I'm just like in that, and this is where I you know I said earlier like I. I think. <laughs> no, I know I've gotten professional confidence because I'm in this thing where, like, there are things I feel confident with. I feel confident with the process of selling uh, when I have somebody face-to-face. -face. I feel confident with somebody, like, with, you know, now I feel confident in my comedic skills. I feel confident to tell, a, you know, a big company to say, yeah, I'll, I'll take care of your entertainment. But, like, entrepreneurship... I know I'm not good at it at the moment. Otherwise, I would have, you know, sold a lot more deals. <laughs> but I have this confidence that, okay, I know, okay, just keep keep working on, you know, like, for example, today, keep working on your landing page or, you know, a few days ago, what I did is I, I went back to my value proposition and worked at it more, you know, like, so spend 25 minutes on refining that, etc. And then eventually, you know, something's going to come out. Like there's there's a confidence and trust in the world that if I do my part, it will happen. Mm. I, I think it will, Ben. And I, I, I wish you the very best of luck with it all. I think it's a good time to wrap it up. Although yes. you've said so many we've, things that I wanted to jump into. but uh, We I, failed our goal to keep this under an hour. Well... <laughs> I think I, I love that's the, a win. I love the conversation, so uh, I, I'm I'm very very grateful to have you. So um, check Ben out on his YouTube. Check him out on. Or you can link up with him on LinkedIn as well. And yeah. obviously, or if you go to bendelahe.com. Yeah, Ben. What is it? Bendelahe.com. It's got everything. Links put, to my podcast, uh, YouTube, everything. I'll put the links in whatever cool. it is you're watching here. If you're watching it on YouTube, I'll, the links will be in YouTube. If you're listening to it on the podcast, hopefully it's in the description. Somehow, I haven't quite worked out how that all works exactly. So hopefully it's working for you guys. Um, ben, thank you so much. And thank you so thank much you for so sharing much, your story. Uh, I wish you the very best of luck. I um, I hope that we can continue to collaborate because it's it's super fun to see where you're going. And and uh, and I I think you're great. And I... I I really encourage people to uh, check you out and book you. <laughs> he's, Thanks, he can mate. Do, he can do things anywhere in the world now. Th Thanks. It was a pleasure reconnecting with you. All right, man. You take care. Have a take nice care. evening. Bye, Ciao, bye. Bye.